Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. Uh, did you hear what they said on SportsCenter? I guess uh, other people were aware of this. I wasn't until just now. The Dodgers have never had a Game 7 World Series game in L.A. Yeah. I did not. That's uh, interesting. They had a Game 7 here against our Fighting Twinks, obviously, when Sandy Koufax, that dirty dog, beat our fellas 2-0 on two days rest. Uh, pitching against Jim Codd, who also was on two days rest. Yeah. Right? But uh, that uh, I'm trying to think of how many times they won it in L.A. Well, 65. Uh, 65, yes, they won it in 65. They won it in 88. They 81. won it in 81. 81. I think that's it, right? Is that in it? LA? Only three times Well, in no, LA? didn't they win? <laughs> they, didn't, they, was it like, did they win in like 63? Two? They might have won another one, yeah, yeah. I'd have before to, uh, before they beat yeah, the Twins. I think I think they did, and it was a big upset in '66 when they got swept by the Orioles. They were supposed to that was, and then Koufax quit. Yeah, you know because of his elbow, but they got swept and didn't hit at all. They were kind of the always the hitless run wonders back in that era, but uh, uh, well, they were very successful right from the beginning. But '58. The Brewer, the Braves were in it, uh, 59. No, they beat the Go-Go Sox in uh, 59. They beat the mm-hmm. Go-Go Sox in 59, right? Dodgers beat them. Okay. I think it's second in, year. In 63, year. 63, yeah, they swept the Yankees in 63. Okay. So okay. two years before they beat the Twins. Okay, so it would have been, so 59, 63, 65, 81, 88. That's it, five times? Five. Yeah. Five times because they haven't been in 29 years. And they years. only won just, just the one time one in Brooklyn? One time in Brooklyn, yeah. They oh. were in it there with the Yankees, uh, what, five times in six years or something like that and only beat them the one time. Thanks to my guy, Johnny Padres, <laughs> who the next morning woke up on a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> you worry about Jack Peterson's home run celebration? How about Pod winning Game Seven celebration? <laughs> how, he don't even remember it. How about our guy Reavers last night? Oh man, man he was in. Uh, I didn't realize he was. Uh, I, I, I for some reason his tweets weren't popping into my account, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't see him going uh, crazy last night. But 
Let's face it, Halloween night, not working today. It was a dangerous situation. A lot of, a lot of, and the uh, and the team he apparently wants Houston to win. I, I guess so. I guess yeah, so. he okay. was. Uh, I mean, I not... want, I'd like to see Houston win first time, all that, but it's not not going to break my heart. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for the Dodgers, but if the Astros win tonight, I'm fine with that. I like the Astros. Why was Reddick playing? I don't know. Why well, against a lefty? That was uh, kind of a surprise because couldn't have Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez wasn't playing, right? He doesn't. He, I don't. I think, think he, he came into the game later. But he he doesn't hit lefties. But he had a better chance. That was a terrible at bat. Reddick gave him with the bases loaded. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But, uh, especially with Verlander hitting next. Uh, and Verlander, uh, he, even though he got a hit, right? Uh, they took him he, out. He looks a little. Little inexperienced at the plate too. Man, <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable. Man, I was I had a tweet all ready to go within two seconds if Verlander had won that game. Justin Verlander, World Series he- hero. Now all he needs is a girlfriend. But uh, <laughs> but uh, had to kill that one. There was a, the joke was uh, there was nothing going on there. But yeah, game seven is. Uh, Last year, it was uh, fantastic. Uh, we had a rain delay. We had everything. We had Roger Davis's home run. So if it's that good, we'll be fine. I did look some stuff up, however. I was uh, uh, kind of... I, I kept hearing that the 517 I, on a couple of national radio sports radio shows and uh, the guys on TV, ESPN, that when... When a game is as compelling as the game was on Sunday night, that nobody complains about the time of game. Right. Which is a lie. Right. Five hours and 17 minutes for five innings. Ten innings. It's ridiculous. So so I looked up some games. Okay. My two favorite World Series games I ever covered. Game six, Yankees, I mean Red Sox-Mets, 1986, 11 innings, uh no, ten innings, four oh two. Took four oh two for that one. Which surprised me it was that long. Twins ninety one, eleven innings game six, uh three forty eight, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So uh now it takes a long time to score twenty five runs. But the pitching changes, there were fourteen pitchers Sunday. Mm-hmm. There were nine in the Twins game and eight in the uh, Red Sox-Mets game. Yeah. Uh, that This whole idea of, okay, this guy's just pitched three and a third innings for me, but he walked a guy. I got to get him. him out of there. I got to go yeah. to the bullpen. You don't. Uh, Wicker, uh, my friend Wicker did a great comment on this yesterday. I think I mentioned it yesterday about how this notion that you're no longer willing to use the guys that got you there. You're no longer willing to, uh, uh, you know, give a guy any rope at all unless he's Verlander or Kershaw. And even know? even Verlander, you could make the yeah, argument yeah, Verlander right. got pulled early. Yeah, he don't give it up last too, right? Yeah. yeah, and he was he was good. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, he was fine. He he, you know, the hitting the guy was his big mistake, don't you think? When he hit, when he hit Utley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hitting, hitting Utley because I Utley looked fairly helpless, but uh, Chase Utley, by the way, he looks like he's about seventy years old, mm-hmm. and he's what thirty eight. Yeah, oh, boy, he was a good hitter before that knee, but he apparently yeah. he's he apparently he's got a bad as bad a knee as you can have. Really? You know, they said it was like there was nothing there. 
Like just Lots no cartilage, just, no just, nothing. Just bone on bone, and yeah. they, there was an, they gave him the big contract, and then they said, "Yeah, maybe we should have looked at this knee a little closer." Cause, yeah. Uh, but boy, could he hit! But uh, yeah. But anyway, game seven tonight, and uh, they expect they're not going to do as many people as they did for the Cubs Indians last night last year because of the Cubs they did forty million for that one, which was the biggest World Series game in years. Mm-hmm. But they expect to do thirty five, thirty six million. So that's. Yeah, I don't. Basically, they're having a good World Series. You know, if it, uh, I don't think five seventeen has been a great advertisement for baseball, but the World Series has been fun. So hey, watch it and thank God it's in L.A. tonight and not Minnesota. Yeah. What What's the low tonight? What if we kicked her off at seven? 15. 33. 7.15 would be 33, and then it'd get cold, right? No, that's how low it's going okay. to get. It's 33. Right. 33 but, with some flurries? Pat, it's 34 right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be better. Yeah, so at least be it's better. not going to cool down that much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's optimistic, Manny. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's the, the world playing the World Series this late is. You know, it's a good thing we're rotten now since we moved outdoors. So uh, we, we don't have to worry about going to the World Series again. We're not rotten, but we're we're modestly successful. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. No. All right. We'll be back. Uh, the Hero World Challenge uh, Tiger Woods event will be held in the Bahamas November 30th to December 3rd, and Tiger says he's going to play. Uh, Bob Herrig, the uh, ESPN golf columnist, is with us. Uh, little news here in what's uh, the start of the off season, right? Yeah, I think it's, um, well, it might be a little too soon, for him to come back, it seems it's also not that big of a surprise because of uh, you know the fact that he's been fairly, you know, for him anyway, fairly open at least on social media about his comeback. Uh, you know, he's posted a bunch of photos of himself or, or videos of himself swinging a golf club, and um, you, you figure he wouldn't be doing that if he weren't pleased with his progress and. Um, you know, uh, if there's ever a place to return, it's at this event. Only 18 players. It's an easy golf course. He has a home there. Um, you know, it, it's it's an event that doesn't really count. Uh, it, it's uh, but it's a it's a great place for him to kind of see where he's at. It used to be the Williams World Challenge. He found a new sponsor and moved the tournament a few years back, right? Yeah, it was Williams, and then it was Target. Oh, that's right. Uh, and then, then it was Chevron. Uh, it used to be played in Southern California. Um, it's it's the first tournament that he started, uh, you know, basically with his dad's guidance, all the way back in uh, 1999, believe it or not. Really, uh, I didn't know that. And yeah, and and you know, obviously it benefits his foundation, and so it's you know it's a it's a big deal to him, and it raises a lot of money for the foundation. Now he's got two other events on the tour, also where where he's sort of the tournament host, and they they also help. But this, this one is really the one that's kind of you know the one that's dear to his heart because it's uh, it's the first one. Now uh, last year he got down there, he ended up four under par, which wasn't that he, he made a bunch of birdies, as you said. It's an easy golf course. Did his swing ever look right last year before he had to go back for more back surgery? You know, at that tournament, it actually looked really good. 
I mean, it looked really good for a guy who hadn't played golf for over a year. It looked everybody left the Bahamas thinking, you know what, this was an excellent first step. He led the field in birdies. He also led in double bogeys. Mm-hmm. It kind of made sense that he was going to be rusty. You know, there was competitive rust. There was golf rust, walking, just getting used to playing tournament golf again. The next time we saw him at Torrey Pines, he didn't look the same. Um, and we don't really know what happened. Did, did he have a setback around the holidays? Was he not able to practice like he needed to? It could have been a combination of all of that. And obviously when he went to Dubai, he, he never looked right there. That was only one round. And, and then that was the last we've seen of him, uh, you know, in a tournament. He had, uh, you know, I think he tried very, very hard here over these last couple of years to, to make it work with what was considered a minimally invasive surgery, those microdisectomies that he yeah. had. Uh, but it just it didn't work. It didn't take. And uh, he kept having a lot of nerve issues and nerve pain. So this last one, this fusion, is serious. It's, um, you know, is a quite a... And as you know, a, a surgery that meant that he really couldn't swing a golf club for six months, and and uh, uh, you know, it, many thought it could be career-ending, and, and and it might still be. It's possible, but for right now, he says the pain is gone. He doesn't have the nerve pain. That disc has been removed, so it can't rub up against the nerve. Um, I certainly, I guess, there's a lot of other things that could go wrong, uh, but at least that part of it is not an issue anymore. And if he can remain pain-free, the question is, can he can he be in a position to consistently practice so that he can be prepared? I think over the last three or four years, whenever he's played, he's just never been prepared at the level that he needs to be. He's always been recovering and recuperating and trying to rehab as opposed to, you know, after a tournament, after taking a couple of days, you kind of need to get back after it. And he's never really been able to do that. This is the 10th time he's come back from some kind of an injury that knocked him off. And eight of those uh, since, uh, what, he let one his last, the last time he won something like, you know, what, eight, eight since his last major, I think maybe that he's, uh, he hasn't been, you know, he had to take significant time off before he came back. Yeah, he's, you know, that was, that one was the knee surgery that, you know, was probably the most serious of everything. If you, if, you know, really, when you can th- when you think about it, ACL that that kept him out for eight months, uh, and and yet he came back and he and he won his third time back, and yeah. and he was you know he was back to basically being Tiger that whole year. Oh nine, as you remember, he lost the PGA at yeah. Hazeltine, which he probably should have won, uh, and then you know he had after the. Handle. He came back for a good three-year run from basically uh, 11 through 13, uh, and then he got hurt. You know, he, he had surgery in in, in, uh, the, in spring of 2014, and his record since then, if you look at it, is really horrible. It's when he's missed the majority of his cuts. He's he's had his worst finishes. You know, he's, he's just not been able to play. And um, <clears throat> you know, that's the other thing that people have to kind of keep in mind is. Yeah, you know, he is a long, long way from being competitive. He's got, he's got, I think, months ahead of him before you should, you should expect that he might be a factor anywhere because, uh, you know, these guys are all practicing and competing and playing while he's been sitting there doing nothing. 
And uh, uh, he's got a lot of ground to make up. You know, if he's hitting it as good as he can right now, he's probably still going to be giving up 30 yards off the tee to about half the field that's down there in this the Bahamas too. I mean, it's it's not when he it's not the Tiger when he could out when he was out hitting everybody by 20 yards. These guys are now bombing it and he's stinging it basically when he tries to play. Well, and that's another you know really you know good point. It's a factor too. Is you know can he? Can he exist with that mindset, knowing that he can't hit it out there with those guys anymore? Uh, you know, to use the basketball analogy, instead of dunking, he has to hit. He has to uh, refine his jump shot. You know, he's got to. He's got to. You know, figure out a different way to do it. And uh, you know, Tiger is. You know, if, if everything is the same, his iron play is still elite, and that can do wonders for him. If he can get his chipping and his short game back to where it needs to be, then he can be competitive. He doesn't need to hit at 330. Uh, you know, if he hits at 300 or 295, he'll be fine. You know, and, and use the other parts of his game. But, you know, Tiger has sort of had it in his head. He wants to hit it out there with those guys. He's got, you know, there's, there's a pride factor, an ego factor there. And he probably will be better served if he, if he doesn't think that way. If he plays golf courses where you have to sort of maneuver it and, and, and you have to hit uh, five woods or two irons off the tee instead of drivers. So, you know, all this, all there's a there's a big I think a big mental thing he has to go through as well. Can he can he deal with being a diminished golfer uh, and and try to compete that way? Bob Herrig's with us, ESPN golf columnist. Bob, uh, we we got a tournament in Las Vegas. Uh, how many of the next year's events are we playing this year? How how far along are we here? Just two more left. Uh, actually, I believe it's three more okay. starting this week, uh, and they've had four weeks of tournaments. Uh, there's there's a seven week stretch where they play eight events. There's two. There was last week when they were in China. There was also an event in Mississippi yes. for the guys who couldn't go over there. So, you know, it, it's um, you, you know, it, it's it's just kind of hard to get used to and wrap your arms around the idea that the season began already. A month ago, and they're going to play seven weeks of the 2017-18 season here before Thanksgiving. And you know, there's some guys already making headway, uh, while a lot of guys shut it down and don't play at all. So uh, it's um, you know, it's, it's sort of controversial that they're doing this in golf. I mean, there's a lot of other things going on, like college football, the NFL. You know, we're, the World Series is going to end tonight. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of distractions for the sports consumer, and uh, it's not really thought of as golf season. So, uh, but they're the the PGA Tour's sort of mandate is, or their their motto is, if we have a sponsor that'll put up the money, we'll we'll play, and it gives <laughs> our our members opportunities. Hey, Quick and Loans tournament. Now that's off the schedule for next year, right? Uh, July fourth, uh, the the one in Washington D.C., which Tiger was uh, associated with, isn't the Colonial is back? I mean, uh, Congressional is backed out, or is that still? Yeah. Is that that's not yeah, on the, the schedule? Right? It is no. The tournament is on the schedule. They're just not going to play at a Congressional, and as of right now, they don't have a title sponsor, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't they know where they're... their usual date. But they don't know where they're going to play either, right? 
Exactly. They're not sure which course, which course they're going to play at. Because uh, the root word here is that uh, we might have one in 2019, but I'm not sure that's it. I'm not sure. Uh, the other rumor is that the one in West Virginia might move to the fall and create something, but you're also going to lose a couple of summer tournaments with the schedule moving up in 2019. So uh, we, it's really kind of still up in the air what the schedule will look like in 2019, right? It is, yeah, because as you noted, they're changing it. They're moving things up. The PGA Championship's going to move, so the season will end sooner. It means a few events have to move to the fall or go away. Uh, it might create some openings for some other people. Um, you know, uh, if if they can't find a sponsor uh, that wants to host Tigers Tournament in uh, D.C., maybe they move it somewhere. Um, Houston doesn't have a title sponsor anymore, and neither does Colonial. Ooh, yeah. now, it's hard to believe they would move those events from those cities. Colonial is a long-time tournament. Uh, Shell, but, uh, you know, they've got some holes to fill for sure. Yeah, and uh, so Houston, uh, that was Shell forever, right? Then who was it? Was it? That's right. Yeah, it was Shell forever, and they bailed out. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a time of flux. I uh, I can't say that I'm uh, opposed to the. Uh, players going back to March, but the uh, fact that the PGA is moving uh, to, to May doesn't do us much good up here in the Twin Cities because uh, you don't want to play a, a PGA up here in May, that's for sure. That was the, you know, that was the big negative to that move is, is you potentially and almost assuredly uh, rule out some northern and northeastern locales because uh, even if you played at the end of May, um, there's just no guarantee that the grass will have grown enough, you yeah. know, to, to get a major championship ready. Uh, you know, sometimes it's really cold. There's still there could be snow in April, uh, and so that that is the, you know, sort of the negative of that move is they've they've lessened their ability to go to some great golf courses. Now, the other side of it is is they've maybe opened the door to some places that they might not have gone. You know, it, it, it's hard to go to Texas and Florida. Yeah. Uh, you know, the southern states in August, that maybe some of those places are now available, or Arizona even. Um, you know, I mean, Florida is still oppressive in May, as we see at the Players' Championship, but uh, it's it's way worse in August. So, you know, it, it opens up some doors while some of that, while some others have closed. Uh, hey, Bob, thanks for your time. Have a good off-season, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. Uh, Bob Herrig, uh, golf columnist for uh, uh, ESPN and uh, .com and uh, Tiger. Uh, you know, golf's in pretty good shape for stars right now, but never hurts to get Tiger back. So hopefully Can't hurt at all. Hopefully he'll be playing next season. We are back on the ride with Royce. Johnny Height has a sports update. Thank you, Manny. This update sponsored by Beautyrest. Get a free Beautyrest sleep tracker monitor with the purchase of select mattresses during the Beautyrest High Performance Sleep Sale. Find a retailer at beautyrestretailers.com. Get yours at Becker Furniture World's eight locations. Game 7 of the World Series right here tonight on 1500 ESPN. Houston at Los Angeles. The series, of course, tied at three games apiece. Winner takes all. Starting pitchers tonight, Hugh Darvish for the Dodgers. Lance McCullers Jr. for the Astros. Our coverage, 7 o'clock tonight, right after the great outdoors at 1500.
ESPN. And I think Lance McCullers, Johnny, is still warming up. Did you see that last yes. night? He was out there long tossing after the game. Uh-huh. Did you see the uh, uh, quote from uh, Kershaw? No. He said, yeah, I'll be ready to throw. In fact, I can throw 27 innings if they need me tomorrow night. So. <laughs> He's my favorite. Everybody will be ready. Timberwolves in action tonight. Chris Reavers will be ready, too, on Twitter, I'm sure. So oh, yes. Make yes, sure and watch will. for that. Yeah. Timberwolves in action tonight. <laughs> They're at New Orleans to play the Pelicans. The Associated Press preseason basketball poll is out, and our own Minnesota Gophers are in the top 20. They hold down the number 15 spot. Duke is number one for the second straight season and ninth time as a program matching North Carolina for most all time. John, you know what my prediction is on the Gophers, don't you? I don't. Win the Big Ten regular season. Number one seed. And in true Minnesota fashion, become the, the first team to ever lose to a 16. <laughs> oh, yikes. You were such That's a That's my prediction. You love trolling the gopher That's holes, That's just my you? prediction. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fitting? Well, it, it, yeah, it would. You're right. Or win the Final Four and then have it vacated three years later. <laughs> Giant, did you see uh, Northwestern is... 19 for the yeah. first time yeah. in program history. That ain't happening. No. That ain't happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the rest of the top five, uh, Michigan State is at number two, and they received 13 first-place votes. Arizona at number three, Kansas number four, and Kentucky rounding out the top five. Oh, those five. are some strange names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Tribune reporting, Vikings GM Rick Spielman told a small gathering of Twin Cities media today that the team is going to take all the time it's allotted per NFL rules before they make a decision on whether or not to move Teddy Bridgewater from the physically unable to perform list to the active roster. When, when, but they have until, right? November 8th, one week from today. So that means, will they play? They won't play a game then before they have to make that decision. That's correct. Right, because the next game is so, in other words, it was meaningless what he told us. Exactly. Okay. okay. The Vikings did practice today, and they'll reconvene next Monday for their first practice after the bye week. Uh, if Bridgewater isn't activated by the deadline, he would stay on pup for the remainder of the season. Spielman said the team is only trying to decide whether or not to add Bridgewater to the active roster, not whether it should start him as early as a Washington game a week from Sunday. He returned to practice October 18th. Mm-hmm. And they that, what they really have to decide is whether to keep him on the pup, pup list so they can <laughs> sort of uh, honestly put the screws to him as far as his free agency uh-huh. is concerned, yeah. or... Or they have to dishonestly put the screws to him on the on the uh, on the free agency, exactly. which I think they'll do. Uh, for the first time in nine years, last night O.J. Simpson got to hand out Halloween candy. Good for him. You know what? He, Any kids come dressed as O.J.? Not as O.J., but you know what his costume was? <laughs> what? A number thirty-two Buffalo Bills O.J. Simpson oh, okay. jersey. So, O.J. dressed as so O.J. He didn't have a red jumpsuit like uh, <laughs> or orange jumpsuit like, like uh, Jadavian Clowney did. He did that. not. Okay. He did not do that. Oh. He dressed in an O.J. Uh, jersey. Uh, ben- Bengals coach Marvin Lewis said he was relieved when that attempted trade of A.J. McCarron to the Browns was not completed. Oh, I bet that upset his uh, boss, Mr. Mike Brown, because that was a great trade for Cincinnati. Why would would Marvin Lewis be relieved that it didn't happen? I think he's trying to just kind of stroke uh, A.J. a little bit and say, hey, we we still love you. They were going to get a second and a third for him. Unbelievable. From Cleveland, which means you get the pick right at... Right at the start of the draft. Mm-hmm. Well, he said about McCarron today, he's a valuable member of the team. And I told him that yesterday. 
Frankly, I was relieved. Okay. He's a great kid, a true team player, a leader, and a leader on this football team, and that's why we feel he's such a valuable asset. Okay. All right. So. Thank you, Marvin. Yeah. All right. Thanks, John. You bet. Johnny Hyde stole our thunder there with a little re- update on the uh, AP uh, college basketball uh, ratings. I did, I did hear Jay Billis today. You and I were in the room in there when uh, Jay Billis was talking about how excited he is about the season, and then he kind of paused and said, "You know how exciting of a season it is." And then he kind of paused and said, "Well, there is the." Uh, you know the the FBI investigation <laughs> and the fact that uh, several coaches, uh, including Rick Pitino, have lost their jobs. There is that, but you know what bothers me, I guess, when I look at these ratings, is to see the one and done school right up there at the top. You know, the school that has really no no academic standards. It's just the one and oh, done, yeah. no graduation rate. There they are, number one, 33 first-place votes. Duke, the one-and-done Institute of America. Old one-and-done himself, Coach K, right? (laughs) Yeah. Remember when Kentucky was rated number one? and Oh, it was brutal. It was terrible. Kentucky, one-and-done. And uh, this isn't college basketball. About two years later, Krzyzewski started doing it. Nobody pays any attention to it, right? But is, why is Mich- Michigan State as Bridges came back and then they got a hot shot freshman, right? Yep. And that's why they're uh, they're rated that highly. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's talking about them like they're back and they're one of the powerhouses, even though every time one of these uh, national top five players of the year that goes to Duke, uh, Michigan State's always the runner-up, right? They get beat hmm. out. Tyus Jones being an example, and uh, right. a lot of those guys. Sean Miller has a powerhouse at Arizona. Uh, they're third. Kansas only one first-place vote. They're fourth. Kentucky fifth. Villanova's become a regular national power now, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, after they won that national title, beast. man. Yeah. It's, yeah, they're sixth, and. Honest Greg Marshall is seventh the Wichita State. Did you see that? Really? How, how loaded are they? They must be pretty good if they're preseason number seven. Did they seven. switch leagues? Did they leave the Mo Valley finally and they're in something else? I think uh, they did. I think they did. Yeah, they might have. Let's, I let's can't see. remember where the hell they went. They went someplace else. Florida eighth. Uh, North Carolina ninth after winning the national title. And look who's tenth. Southern Cal, Andy Enfield. Mm-hmm. The Florida Gulf Coast guy, who is the last guy the Gophers offered the job to yep. before Patino got the job. And uh, and his and, first year at USC oh, was a disaster. Was horrible. And people were like, oh, what's going How'd on here? How they get here? this guy? And yeah. Enfield was, uh, Enfield was uh, uh, yeah, he was, you're right, he was under a lot of fire. But uh, yep. uh, all of a sudden to have them rated 10th ahead of UCLA. Ooh. Oh. That ain't good. Where is UCLA? Nope. They lost. They lost everybody, right? Pretty got, much. Yeah. They got another ball kid in, but this this middle one this is, is not the real good player. Or, no, but he no, lost. Angelo, I think, is but the middle one. But he lost Leaf and he lost Ball. So yeah. By the way, I like Leaf. Having seen him for uh, Indiana, He's good. yeah, I like He's him. He be can good shoot for the, the Pacers. Yeah. Cincinnati, twelfth. But oh, here's the good news: eleven. West Virginia, Huggy Bear is back. <laughs> we Huggy love Huggy Bear. Is back. 
<laughs> what kind of a special personality do you have to be to go play for the Huggy Bear? Because <laughs> there's no way he's going to charm you, right? Right. When he recruits you, he's not going to go. Mom and dad are not going to go. He is going wow. to break you down. Yes. When you're, you go you're there. Not, when he goes to visit you at home with mom and dad, you got to say, you're going to go play with that guy <laughs> or that guy. But Huggy Bear keeps, uh, he keeps getting them there at West Virginia. 11, uh, Cincinnati 12, Miami 13, Notre Dame 14, and the Gophers 15. Uh, so who are we playing in the, this year in the... Uh, after my inside sources reported we were playing Duke in the uh, ACC game. It is Miami, It is right? Miami. Well, yeah. Miami's rated 13th, so that's oh, a good that'll game. be good. And it's at the barn, I think. Yeah, I think it so. It is here, so uh, that'll be good. That'll be a nice matchup. Now, people are asking me about Coach Patino and about all those times I called for him to be fired. Never called for him to be fired. Simply pointed out on a regular basis that he had produced in his third year the worst team in the history of Minnesota basketball, which mm-hmm. goes back 120 years. Yeah. it was Re- Reavers was the one who said he should be fired. Yeah, Reavers probably Yeah, that was Reavers, but it wasn't you. And, you know, Eric Kaler almost said it, right? I would <laughs> right. fire him if he didn't have the Not for the $7 million dollar buyout. Now yeah. we love him. But he's recovered from the worst year in, in Gopher history. It's still yeah. on the books. 8-23. and 23, Including 0-2 versus South Dakotas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, yeah, I bashed the hell out of that year. And you know what, Pat? They they got to make some noise this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you make the tournament, you know, be in the mix for the Big Ten yes. championship and get to Unless the NCAA Michigan tournament State, and make some noise. Unless Michigan State's a super team, and I don't think they are. Yeah. Uh, then who's better than you in the Big Ten? You're experienced. Yep. You got the you got best, almost everybody back. You got you the best player in New York, supposedly uh, Washington. Yep. So uh, you don't yeah. have Eric Curry, but you you've got enough yeah. coming back to where you should be good again, and those guys should be a year the, better, they, they year got, older, they, and year apparently better. Apparently, that Fitzgerald, who we don't know anything about, uh, he's a Duquesne transfer, right? But mm-hmm. he's a big kid, so that'll help him make up for Curry. Yeah. That was a loss, though. That you boy, they would have if they had him, he'd be pretty deep. Yeah, but uh, that was the one thing that hurt them they, last year was depth. They, they have, really guards, have a lot of depth. They have guards they don't know what to do with, though, right? Yeah. So, coffee is an off guard more than anything, right? Yeah. So you got you got Washington, and how are they going to divide up the point guard thing with Washington? If Washington's that good, and you going to play three guards? Yeah, I think you could. Well, in college, yeah, I think you can probably yeah. get away with it, and depending on who they're going up against, if they're yeah, going up on. against a smaller team too, they can they can get away with that a little bit more. So Reggie, will, uh, maybe the uh, officials will have a little more respect for Reggie this year too, and not be so quick yeah. to fall. Because Reggie got better actually down the stretch. He did, he did not get this foul trouble as consistently. Yeah, I'm still Miami's going to be fun, but I'm still a little. Bummed that the Dukies aren't oh, coming in. That's, why not? Because I just you know why I want to see no, you at the barn rooting for the Gophers and and heckling Grayson Allen. That's wearing, what I want to yes, see. Wearing my mar- I have a maroon sweater. I've never worn it in public, but I have a maroon sweater. I'd wear it to the Duke game. You know, you know what I but want. The, you know why they didn't play? He didn't want to come up here. No. He, no. Who are they? Who, Chef, they, who are they even I playing? I don't know who they got, but he can probably go to, Michigan State. He can right? go to Michigan State and get beaten. That's not a big tragedy but if he comes yeah. up here and gets blown out of the barn by 20 that ain't good but you, right? you you know what i you know what i was what i wanted to see and we're probably never going to see it because grayson allen's a senior this year is 
you at the barn and... Not that he needs to channel any other cantankerous sports writer. But feeling extra salty, we now present Royce's Tom Powers moment. <laughs> yes. You we with a Tom one, Powers yeah. moment we haven't at had one. Grayson Allen. That's Although, what I would love to see. Yeah, I could have a great, I could have a Tom Powers moment about Grayson Allen. Uh, actually, I had a Tom Powers moment yesterday, but you guys weren't prepared for it about, uh, about Saban. Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Hey, we'll be back uh, with. Uh, Today in history, this is a good one. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Jacques Plante didn't just revolutionize the position with the way he strayed from the net to play the puck. His innovative ideas extended to the equipment goaltenders wore. Playing goal without a mask now, the guys are slapping the puck and they got the curved stick. This is slightly to the left of insane. So he designed a form-fitting face mask. Grotesque looking, but it uh, would hopefully provide added protection. Uh, I think of younger sports fans, and most of them are younger than me, the when they find out that people actually played goalie without without a mask without masks Man. until the late fifties, and in fact, Gop Worsley was the last of the great old warriors here with the North Stars who didn't play with a mask. I heard Louie talking the other day saying that he he actually tried the mask up for three four days, couldn't stand uh, three four games, couldn't stand it. It was too claustrophobic. He mm -hmm. took it off again, but. I don't, they didn't shoot the puck as hard as they did now. But it's still a puck. Yeah. And if it's going 80 instead of 110, it's going to hurt the face. It's unbelievable. None of them had teeth. I mean, it's 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 incredible. Uh, Jock Plot on this day in history, November 1, 1959, he became the first NHL goaltender to wear a face mask. Uh, he had been practicing in his height, white fiberglass mask, fiberglass mask earlier in the season, but the Canadians' coach, the legend, legendarily difficult, <laughs> Toe Blake, wouldn't allow him to wear it during games. On November 1st, Plot just put on the mask and went out and played. And back then, they didn't have backup goalies, so they had to let him play. Yeah. And uh, he started a trend, which is probably a very good idea. Minutes into the game, Andy, Andy Bathgate wound up and fired a backhand shot from a few feet away. It hit Plot right in the face, split his lip. But the mask kept him from having a damaged face.